You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back. Huddle Up Football Podcast, Thursday edition, as always, because we only have Thursday editions. Today's special, though. Today, we have Daniel Roberts in the huddle. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Huddle Daniel Roberts joins the huddle. Don't look for him on social media. He's a ghost. He doesn't exist there. I am living my best Ron Swanson life. It's incredible. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you in do today's it. today's age, it is tough. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting because I sent you a tweet and you can still like access social media. Yeah, it's when people send me links to like Facebook and Twitter, you could still get on without having a username. Kind of funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Anyway, 13 days away from the opening of free agency as of today, two weeks from yesterday, which is Wednesday. A lot of people still out there. So last week we talked about how Ron Rivera, not Ron Rivera, Panthers new head coach Matt Rule says that he wants... Cam Newton to be a part of the team, that it's a no-brainer. It was pretty confident, so I'm kind of buying into that. I don't think that one's smoke. I think if Cam Newton wants to be a part of the team, he's staying there. And, of course, Corey, we know how you feel about that. Yeah, he's trash. Anyway. I don't think he's that bad. He's not that bad. <laughs> Dude, he's terrible. Okay, if you drafted a rookie today in this draft, who is better for the team in 2020, Cam Newton or this incoming rookie, let's say Justin Herbert, someone realistic? Tua. Oh God, stop it. <laughs> anyway, I think that Cam Newton's probably not, not a part of the mill anymore. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Cam Newton is, is still up for, for debate. There's going to be a lot of talk about that. He wasn't even a free agent, but we were talking about him being traded or, or released or things like that. A lot of guys are still out there and the Brady news is getting hot. Daniel, um, what's your favorite part about free agency? What, tell me what you know about free agency. Well, I used to really like the day that free agency you know, opened up, but it's kind of getting ruined now because all the players have already, you know, dedicated themselves to a team. They've, you know, tentatively signed. So, you know, three or four days leading up to the opening of free agency where all these guys are going and that kind of takes away a little bit of the fun, but I don't know. I kind of look at new scenarios and like new teams. I like change in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. But who's your favorite of all the, of all the free agents out there? What, what are you watching most closely? Um, I feel like the needy teams that just need one piece, you know, we, we get caught up in like the Packers and how great of a team they are and they only need one piece and that's like tight end and they haven't had a tight end. And then you're hearing all these rumors about, you know, Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry, and then say one of them signs then you're immediately thinking, oh, that was a missing piece. Super Bowl time. They're going all the way. I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. So I, there's a couple of those guys out there that they could really use. It sounds like um, Hunter Henry's getting the franchise tag. Yeah. Which, which is kind of the buzzkill of free agency. A little bit, but when I look, but that's part of the fun of free agency too. When I yeah. look at, when I look at the chargers, who else do they have that they would use the tag on? Can you think of anybody, Corey? Um, the chargers. Yeah. I think it's just, I yeah, I don't Hunter think they have any big names out there. Melvin Gordon. Well, he'd cost way too much money and he, dude. With the franchise me? tag, he would? Yeah. Did he, they tag him last year? And no, he just showed up and they, they re-signed him because he, he didn't sign. Remember, he was, so late, the last he was a late year? addition. Is he a free agent? Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Are you kidding me? No. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. They, they if were, you tag him, he's the, not playing though. 
he's not know, playing. But both sides, it's it's so weird this Melvin Gordon saga. They now they're saying Melvin Gordon, hey, I want to go back to the Chargers, and the Chargers are saying I would love to re-sign Melvin Gordon. Okay. Out of everything that happened last year, how is that actually possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very confusing. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Tom Brady. I saw a lot of talk about Tom Brady, the San Francisco 49ers. I saw it was on the Pat McAfee show about, I guess Pat was saying a long time ago that it was swap would be really cool where Garoppolo goes back to new England. Brady goes to his favorite team, his favorite childhood team and goes and wins a super bowl there. And honestly, if Tom Brady's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers in 2019 in the super bowl against Kansas city, 49ers win that game in the fourth quarter, Emmanuel Sanders gets open. That's a perfect Tom Brady play. So that's really interesting. But we talk about Tom Brady a lot, Corey, what's, what's it, let's, let's, let's put a cap on it today. There's a lot of options for Tom Brady. I think the Niners are a real one. I think back to new England is maybe the most yeah. realistic. Um, what are your favorite landing spots for Tom Brady? If Tom Brady didn't go back to the Patriots, he's going to be a Colt. Hot take. Wow. <laughs> I've got three reasons. Um, it really hasn't been a discussion. It's all been about Philip Rivers uh, for the Colts. Uh, <laughs> Colts haven't really, they've talked about him a little bit for Brady, but um, a lot of times when a team has their eyes on somebody, they try to keep it out of the media. So we haven't heard anything about Brady to the Colts. Um, and I think the Colts are the most Super Bowl ready team that needs a quarterback. Now I agree. 49ers would probably be a pretty, it'd be a, it, that would be a home run. Um, and the Patriots obviously are a good fit, but of all the other teams that are in the discussion, like the Raiders, I think if Brady goes there, they're not winning a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, yeah. Here's the problem with the Raiders. Everybody says that if Tom Brady goes to the Raiders, he has to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Yeah. They're leaving out the playoffs. It's three times a year, guys. It's not twice a year. It's once in Kansas City. Nobody wants to deal with that. It's once at home. Nobody wants to deal with that. And then it's again on the road to the playoffs every single year. There's no way around it. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. If he can stay in a different AFC team or, if, you know, an NFC team makes a lot of sense, although that division is a little more difficult than the than the AFC. But if his purpose was to avoid Patrick Mahomes, that division is not the way to go. And and also people aren't talking about the way that Tom Brady plays in Denver. He does not play well in Denver at all. I think he's lost like almost all of his games at really? Denver. I, and I, have, I need to look that up. I should have had it written down. Shame on me. But um, but I know it's a fact. I'm confident that Tom Brady does not play well at mile high stadium. And, and for that reason, I think the chargers and the, and the Raiders are both off the table. Yeah. Yeah. The Colts, I think are just the most, I think you said one piece away. I think the Colts are quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. And I think the biggest piece to all this is Chris Ballard's a really smart guy. It's, I mean, it's all up to him. Either he wants Brady or he doesn't. If he wants him, I think he's going to go get him. Because uh, he just wants to win, he doesn't care who who you are, where you're from. If he thinks you can, he can win football games, win a Super Bowl with Brady. He's gonna go after him and get him. He doesn't care about the rest. A lot of teams, a lot of teams think they're one piece away, and the combine just finished up. So, Daniel, back to you on some combine highlights. Are there players out there that you think will complete a team? So we're gonna talk about this again. But the San Francisco 49ers in 2018, four and twelve, selected Nick Bosa with second overall pick. Here we are today. So is there another player out there that like in the combine, who did you see that rose up the rose up the, the charts and that could make a difference for any team? Well, with the, with the combine, there's, you know, the four or five guys that were supposed to be going at the top of the draft, you know, 
some of them didn't work out, you know, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, but they were kind of solidified. Um, same for like Jeff Okuda, the corner. Uh, they're going to go top five still. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. I mean, the dude is 6'4", 240, runs a four three nine. I mean, super athletic. He's the type of guy that could fall to like the fifth or sixth spot. They could completely change a team. What'd you say, Corey? Oh, who, who is it? Isaiah Simmons What's from Clemson. That's the thing. He doesn't really have a position. And that's the big topic of should a team draft him because he's a little bit small for a defensive end. Um, he doesn't really fit the linebacker mold. When you're watching highlights, it kind of throws you off because he wears number 11. <laughs> so it kind of looks like a wide receiver playing yeah. linebacker uh, in college. But he is a guy that is just such a freak that teams are going to take a chance on him, even though he doesn't have a position and just throw him in and just watch him make plays. Kind of like the honey badger. He didn't have a position coming out of college. Yeah. And then he's kind of found a home, you know, at different safety positions, just going back and forth there, but it could completely disrupt a game. But the biggest, the biggest takeaway I have from the combine is the depth at wide receiver. Uh, some of the guys up top, you know, they stayed there. CD lamb, absolute stud, Jerry Judy stud, you know, they're going to be the top two wide receivers picked, but then, you know, we had four or five guys that are coming up the ranks because there's just kind of a mix of guys beyond that point. But there are some athletic studs that you can get late in the first, second round, even fall to the third round. If you're an NFL team, um, guys, just, I'll just mention a couple, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, wide receiver out of Michigan. He's six, two super athletic. He runs a four, four, eight, 40. Uh, he was, he placed number one in vertical jump, 44 and a half and number one in broad jump out of all players at the Jesus. combine at 139. So that dude he is, he's going to be great. Uh, Jalen Rager, that's another name that gets tossed around. Um, he, he had the highest, um, second highest vertical at 42 and then the second highest long jump at 138 and the guy's 5'11". He runs a 447. Uh, Denzel Mims out of Baylor. That's another great X receiver. 6'3", 185, 4'3", He had a great combine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, and that's a name that was kind of floating around, but then he just solidified. I mean, he, he made himself some money there. 38 and a half inch vertical, 131 inch broad jump. Uh, Chase Claypool is an interesting one out of Notre Dame. He was there. He was kind of a tight end. Now he's, he's, he's kind of switching back, back and forth between wide receiver and tight end just cause he's so big. He's six, four two twenty nine, but he runs a four, four, two He has a, over a 40 inch vertical. So that's a guy that, you know, definitely got on the radar from the draft. Um, you know, uh, Henry rugs, you know, yeah. we knew that he was going to be the fastest guy in the combine coming in and he, he did that and he hurt himself. Not the fastest ever though. He Not tried. The fastest he ever. tried. He might have on the second take. I did hear, I don't remember. It was another podcast I was listening to where they mapped out the fastest combine performances ever. None of those guys are relevant. None of them. Yep. I mean, I think I wish another time. I wish I had written that down as it happened. Cause I don't even know if, how to get back to it. Um, Tyreek Hill didn't run at the combine. He ran on his pro day and he would have been in the top 10, but I think he was the only receiver of any note of any relevance. That was the 10 fastest wide receivers in, in their 40 yard dash performance. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these linemen made their case going into the combine, you know, Jedrick Wills from, uh, Alabama was the surefire number one tackle. He was projected to be, you know, top five, but a few of these guys, 
Um, I saw a stat, three of the four fastest O-linemen in combine history were from this year. Wow. Three of the four. Wow. And um, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, he's definitely solidified himself to be, you know, top 20 pick and Becton from uh, Louisville. Anybody looking for that? I mean, that guy, it, I think he's like six, seven. The guy's monstrous. And he ran one of the fastest O-line times. He's super athletic. Um, so some of these linemen, the NFL is getting more and more athletic as we speak. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, there's a lot to go around. And one of these teams in the with the early selections, whether it's the Bengals, the Redskins, who's got the third pick? Is it um, Lions? Lions. Yeah. Lions there. Three. There was talk about the Lions going that Tua would go to the Lions. And I guess Tua's family had a huge issue with that. He's kind of got satellite parents. Anyway. Of these teams with the early, early picks, like in 2018, when the San Francisco 49ers, like I said earlier, picked Nick Bosa and turned their defense around from one of the most vulnerable defenses to one of the most stiff defenses. Uh, I think they went to the second fewest points. We talked about that in a previous episode. Second fewest points allowed uh, in 2019. And it just turned, they turned their whole team right on its head and it went in the right direction. Who's on the way up? Who, are there any teams here? I think that's unusual, by the way, but are there any teams who can take this draft class and propel themselves into relevance. We, I, I've talked about it before. I like the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals. Uh, I like Kyler Murray a lot. Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's going to be one of the best players in the league here in the next few years. With, just with the athleticism, he's got a great arm and really tiny hands. And the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> Kyler, Kyler, did you say Kyler has tiny hands? I don't know. Does he ever, he's a tiny guy. Tiny everything. Yeah. Very tiny. Five ten. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, the Cardinals lost six games by seven or less points, uh, this season. And they had a tie also. And some of those teams were the Ravens, the Niners, the Rams. Those are all good teams. Uh, the Bucks were in there too. So they're really competitive. I think they're a young team. Uh, I think they're going to learn. They, you know, they spent this season learning how to win. I just think it's all going to come together next year. Now it is a tough division. Um, I could see one of those other teams falling off. I know like the Niners, you know, the Super Bowl curse where you, you make it to the Super Bowl, you lose, you could fall out of the playoffs. So I could see a team like that falling. Um, but I, I do like the Cardinals to make the playoffs next year. I agree with everything you said. The division is is brutal though, man. If under the new CBA, there would be an additional playoff game, an additional playoff team. And if that was 2019, all three of the other teams in that division would have been in the playoffs. I mean, that's just brutal. I agree with you. That's a long road though, man. That's a really, really long road back to relevance. But your point about losing, what was it? Five games by less than a touchdown? Six. Six games by less than a touchdown. That's how you tip it. I mean, you get six more points, seven more points a game and bam. You're not a five and 10 and one team anymore. What you got, Daniel? I think the team that could change everything and be completely relevant and become on the radar just from this draft is the Denver Broncos. Um, I think that they have, they've decided that Drew Locke is the answer at quarterback. Okay. Um, they have a couple studs receiving the ball from him. Cortland Sutton on the outside, Noah Fant. The tight end, no one expects tight ends to do much in their first year. It's one of the most difficult positions to learn. You learn blocking and you learn routes, kind of like learning two positions in one. So it takes a little bit of time for tight ends to break out, but we saw it. That guy had flashes, super athletic. We knew that coming into the draft. If they, at their pick, draft a guy like Henry Ruggs on the other side, if they get one of these, say they do that and they get another wide receiver, one of the guys I mentioned before, 
or a key defensive player, don't forget that this defense is still good. <laughs> they have Von Miller, who I don't think they're going to trade. There's a, some rumors coming in. Von Miller, I mean, the guy's an absolute stud. Don't forget about Bradley Chubb. This guy was a top five pick. He got hurt last year, so he's completely off the radar. That guy, he could lead the league in sacks next year. He was playing good football before he got hurt. Excellent football, and he was awesome in college. Um, I mean, other than, you know, they have the running back position locked up, Lindsey Freeman. They have a little bit of an offensive line. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You combine two. Sorry, Philip Lindsay Thank and you go. Royce Freeman. There you go. I had I had the slash there. Although oh, I, I thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although recently <laughs> I did see news that uh, Denver was looking for a compliment to Lindsay. So that makes me think yeah. they're keeping Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Freeman's probably gone. He, he's done great. Um, they, they both have different roles, uh, but I, I think the Broncos, they're, they're, one, maybe two pieces away from, I mean, being a legitimate contender. It sucks. Like you mentioned, they play in the Chiefs division, so they have to play the Chiefs twice That's a brutal. year. That's the, Bron brutal. the Broncos are one of those teams that they fall out of the playoff contention for a few years and they, they're back to relevance pretty quick. They're not one of those teams that stays down for a long time. Yeah, and I think this year they're jumping right back into relevance. There was just a trade yesterday, two days ago, sorry, A.J. Bouye got traded from the Jags. Bouye! And <laughs> uh, for a fourth round pick. So the Jags just were kind of, you know, hey, see ya, it was a big contract. We want to free up some more money. The Jags now have a ton of money. Unfortunately, that tells me that Chris Harris is probably gone uh, from the Broncos, which is a huge loss. But if they somehow find a way to keep him, tag him something, uh, that secondary is going to be great. Justin Simmons, a safety that he's a name you'll hear a lot of this this year. Von Miller actually already called him out, said it's time. Dude's a stud. You're going to see it. Um, so their secondary has always been top notch. Um, even if they can't retain Chris Harris and he leaves, the addition of AJ Bouye will help help solidify that hole there. I like it. I like it too. I chose the Bengals. You guys, uh, Corey's got me 100% on board with the Cardinals. The only hesitation that I have about Arizona is the division. That doesn't mean that they're not going to become a great football team. That doesn't mean that when they if they get to the playoffs, which I think they can, if they get to the playoffs, anything can happen. There's a bunch of juggernauts in the, in the, in the, I mean, if you get to the dance, a bunch of guys could take out anybody in that division. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I'm going to pick the Bengals. And you had mentioned Daniel, uh, something about Bradley Chubb being injured. People aren't talking about him. Yes. The Bengals offensive line was horribly crippled throughout the first half of the year. And people are not giving that enough respect. Now here's the, here's the disclaimer. Bad franchises do bad things. And the Bengals have proven time and time again to be a bad franchise. But with a healthy offensive line, with one of the best young running backs in football, Joe Mixon, with A.J. Green, they're talking about franchise tagging A.J. Green and keeping him. Listen, I know he gets hurt. I know you can only count on him for half the year. But for half the year, you've got one of the, put to, I think, one of the best wide receivers currently in football. And, and that'll, I'll probably get a little fire for that. But the reality is, is when he plays, he's one of the best. I remember watching him. I went to Cleveland to watch uh, Cleveland versus the Ravens. RG3 was on the sideline, so that gives us a timestamp. It was his first year as the backup there. AJ Green caught four touchdowns that game. He was mountains. I mean, he looked like a mountain among all these other guys. Yeah. And it was just AJ Green, AJ Green. Now you got Tyler Boyd coming into his own. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's going on with the quarterback situation. I think Andy Dalton can still be a to be a good quarterback. I think he'd be a good quarterback in in Cincinnati. What I would hope would happen. I'm begging a team to go get their franchise quarterback and sit him on the bench behind a veteran that they know that they're not going to keep very long, teach him, 
teach them how to be a professional. You've talked about that before, Corey, teach somebody how to be a professional in the national football league. All the other stuff comes, you know, it'll, it'll all happen. And then move on from their guy, a la Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. You know, I want more of that. That's, that's the way I think is, is going to be successful. I think the Bengals can do it. And for that reason, I think they're a potential riser. Yeah. I, you mentioned poorly run organization. They better not get cute with the draft. Oh God. I mean, you okay. The only way that you wouldn't take Joe Burrow is if you think Tua is a better quarterback, but you I, take a quarterback at number one. I wanted to take Chase Young at number one. Okay. And there's, there's people out there like yourself that think that that's a better choice, but that's, that means you retain Andy Dalton. But what I was going to say is if you take Burrow with the number one pick or Tua and you concentrate the rest of the draft on defense, cause their defense is horrible. They have the key. They have the pieces. So you have Joe Mixon, who you mentioned, who's an absolute stud who doesn't get enough recognition. Rock star. AJ Green on one side, uh, Tyler Boyd on the other. God forbid John Ross stay healthy. He's speedster in the middle. They take a late wide receiver. Someone comes up through camp, Auden Tate, someone like that. Um, I mean, they need defensive help, but if you take Chase Young, Andy Dalton at QB, is that going to be enough? I think it's enough to be relevant. I'm not going to say so they're going to gonna win the Super Bowl. I think Chase Young is that good that he could have a Nick Bosa like, uh, you know, like season, but he's going to need a lot of help around him on, a, on that defense. But who'd they draft last year? You guys know? I feel like they got it. It's escaping me. I feel like they got a big defense play last year. I don't know. Could be wrong. I don't know. I can't remember. We'll look it up. Um, There we go. There you have it. So risers, people on the up. Uh, Cardinals, Corey, Daniel chose the Broncos, and I'll take the Bengals because that's what's left over. Corey, who's up? Who who finished on top that that won't be there next year? Uh, I could see the Ravens having a bad season next year. They're a good football team. Them's fighting words, Daniel. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Daniel's our in-house Ravens fan. Uh, yeah, Daniel is a big <laughs> Ravens fan. I, my sole reason for that, I just think the Lamar Jackson show, he's been great. He's been a really good football player, but I think him as a quarterback, it could fall apart. I don't think he has the best arm. Um, if I think if, if at any Let point... Let the league in touchdowns, Corey. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> But a lot of these throws are, they're a little lucky. They're, they're in really tight windows where I don't, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. All I'm saying is I think there's a chance that this team, if, if Lamar Jackson has a bad season, they're not, they're not a playoff team. I don't, and I could see that happening. He's a, definitely a threat in the run game, but I could see the pass game just falling apart. I'm going to step in right there. I agree with Corey and, and my concerns with, yeah, I'm a little, I don't love Lamar as a passer still. I understand that there was all this talk about him converting to a different position and they were all real down on him. And I think that's too extreme in the wrong direction. The fact of the matter is Lamar Jackson's not the same. He's not a pass first oriented quarterback. He never was. He's never going to be. And that's okay. He's been accurate. The deep ball's been fine. He's been He's been fine. I mean, there's, there's no knock on him now. Like you said, he led in, led in touchdowns. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy what he can do, but Lamar Jackson puts himself at risk a lot. And the reality of the situation is the more Lamar Jackson wins, man, this isn't a fun thing to talk about, but the more Lamar Jackson wins, the more those defenses are going to want to punish him in a way that takes him out of the game completely. And listen, you can do that legally. You can do it fairly. You can do it on a clean hit. 
When Lamar Jackson's outside the pocket, he's a running back and you can do about whatever you want to him once he crosses that line of scrimmage. So I'm a little bit concerned. He's big enough. He's reliable enough. He's stable enough. But that offense runs through Lamar Jackson. That's not as run heavy as that system is. That's not the San Francisco 49ers system where any quarterback can be placed in and manage the game. Yeah, he's been in the league two years now. And I mean, we saw how their playoff run had never started, but they just couldn't do anything offensively. And I think teams are going to start learning how to defend them. Yeah, I, I think if you ask me, do you think the Ravens will repeat what they did last year? And as a, you know, a big Ravens fan, I will tell you, no, <laughs> they're not going to make history with the highest rushing, you know, team in the league again. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson though, give him credit. He, he's a very humble guy. And, you know, even if, even when he won MVP, they said, how does this feel? He said, eh, it would have been better to win a Super Bowl." Oh, he yeah. doesn't care about trophies. He wants yeah. to win. So, I read something, I read an article the other day. He said, the early playoff loss still haunts me both years. And he said, I need to work on everything. This is a yeah. guy that was unanimous MVP. I need to work on unanimous. everything. Yeah, that's right. Unanimous MVP. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, his longevity is is a question. Yeah. yeah he, I, he's definitely got the mental, the, you know, the he's got what you want out of a star quarterback. Um, and I think he can overcome that. But I, th- I, I just think there's a chance he could fall off. Yeah, I could, I could see it. It's easy when you say there's a chance he could fall off when you do with so many great things. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my follow from the top. Um, and of course this is early. This is pre free agency, uh, pre draft. Um, it's the Tennessee Titans. Um, <laughs> you heard Mike Vrabel say the other day in the news, you know, if you think it's realistic to bring all these guys back, it's not, um, you know, we it, there's been proven history on not paying running backs is the way to go. God, do you guys think Derrick Henry's Brilliant. coming back? Uh, they're franchise tagging him. That's what they're going to do. Are they? A hundred percent. What are they going to do with Ryan Tannehill? They're going to franchise tag him. From what I understand, with the new collective bargaining agreement, it's gone on to voting now. I think they are both. They're going to keep both tags: a transition <laughs> tag and the non-exclusive franchise tag. The you, you non-exclusive franchise tag for Ryan Tannehill, and then you transition tag Derrick Henry. Let him go learn his lesson. Let him get out there and shop around and everybody's going to look at the contract that's being paid to Todd Gurley right now in the situation the Rams are in. I mean, that's a bad situation. I love Todd Gurley. It's not done, but I'm saying they got way too much money wrapped up in that running back. Yep. Todd, Derrick Henry wants Todd Gurley type money mm-hmm. like Le'Veon Bell wanted, who, by the way, took less money than was offered to him. Who had a horrible season. Had a horrible season. His worst season statistically with a full season. By far. And then the Steelers wanted to trade for him back. Remember that? I mean, that's a mess. <laughs> yeah. That's an absolute mess. <laughs> Derrick Henry's headed in the same direction. So here's what I think. Non-exclusive. I mean, you, you transition tag Derrick Henry. Let him go collect his offers. He's not going to get the best offer in the league, the highest paid offer. If he does, the Titans can deal with it then. If he does it, then he's paid what the average of the top five, which I think is what he is worth. Okay. We'll say that happens. What other free agent running back is on the market. That's as valuable as Derrick Henry. I think he will get an offer for top money and the Titans will have no choice, but to either sign him or say no. And if they say no, they're going to have, they're going to struggle with identity next year. Cause that, that was their team. That was, it was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was the focal point. Give him 20 to 25 carries. The dude's going over a hundred yards. And he, he will put you in position to score. I mean, there was a, how many weeks stretch where the Titans didn't even attempt a field goal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the dude's good. That's true. No, he is good. He's good. But 
<laughs> just putting all that money in a running back. It's just the money. That's the problem. Yeah, the money yeah. is the problem. I'm not questioning his talent. So uh, this is pending Derrick Henry leaves Tennessee. I think they're <laughs> going to struggle to find an identity next year. And that's if they try to replace him in the draft with a Jonathan Taylor type, you know. Well, there you go. You place him in the draft. Or Le'Veon Bell. We just talked about him. He's sitting up in New York. Miserable. Adam Gase hates him. First thing that Adam Gase ever said was, I hate Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's not what he said, but that's what he was saying. Who would you rather have right now, Le'Veon Bell or Derrick Henry? For one year, Le'Veon Bell. For one year? Derrick Henry. I'd rather have the the all-around skill set. Le'Veon Bell with a Ryan Tannehill game manager check down, deep ball ability, but short game. I would rather have Le'Veon Bell in that system. I'd rather have a guy that puts fear in running backs. Yeah, well, that's what he does. The ball. Okay. That's what he does. <laughs> You're looking at him and saying, I hope you don't get the ball this play. Cause I have enough bruises on me. I, no, you're right. <laughs> I think we talked about this last week. I, if I'm the Titans, I would pay Derrick Henry. Now I wouldn't pay him like four years, but three years, I would give him a decent contract just because he is low mileage and you know, he works in your system. I think that's one exception to pay somebody. <laughs> is you know they work in your system and i don't know if you can hurt the guy he's so big i don't think that's something to be worried about you know he he does have a lot of carries under his belt at this point they took they took a little while no 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 no, no. it took forever yeah they took a little while but if you add in the amount of carries that he had in the playoffs that's sure. another season. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. We need to look that up. We should. Yeah, we do. That's interesting. We need to see how many carries yeah. he has versus the other guys. Yeah. And, but I don't and, think yeah. he was ran a whole lot in college. He wasn't ran a lot in college. No, and because he, he didn't need to. He had four carries for 200 yards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I would pay Henry if I were the Titans. There you have it. I, I think their top priority has got to be Ryan Tannehill coming into this year. So if they, if they pay Derrick Henry, that means they've already locked up Ryan Tannehill and taking care of that. They, they, it was miserable going through the Marcus Mariota um, <laughs> stage where they draft a guy that thought he was the answer. And then he just fell off a cliff, um, you know, skill wise. And they had to move on and they found Ryan Tannehill took over. They, they didn't look back. I mean, they have receivers on that team that are very good that they needed some help and they got it. That's a, that's a comeback player of the year story that I think we'll be, we'll be talking about that for a long time. Yep. I agree. What are we going to say, Corey? I'd, I like Tannehill. I'd give him a little short-term contract, see if he's a real deal. Corey, you said that the uh, 49ers, you could see them maybe falling off and that's just from the stigma of losing the Super Bowl, which I, I agree. It just happens and we don't see it. Um, is that a Jimmy Garoppolo dig? Maybe it's, it's the division. Yeah, I think I think you have four really good teams in that division, and if the 49ers say lose four division games, that could put them out of the playoffs. You know, it's I think with that division, it could fall anyway. You could see the Cardinals at the top. You could see the Seahawks. You know, all four of those teams. The Rams were good this year. They're nine and seven, but they were a good football team. And I just I could see the 49ers just by chance not making the playoffs. I think they're a good football team. All it takes is one injury to a major player like Nick Bosa, and the season could be flipped completely in a sure. different direction. It sucks because you you see all these teams with this Super Bowl window, and it's super short. And the 49ers could be one of them to where last year was the best year that they'll have in a long time. Same thing with the Ravens. Right. Their Super Bowl window is wide open, and they're not going to duplicate what they did last year. And so they needed to make it happen. Well, and then like when the Panthers went and played the Broncos, the Panthers haven't even been really relevant since then. So, right. Yep. Corey picked the Niners. Daniel picked Titans, the Titans. I'm going to take the new England Patriots. I like it. 10 wins last year, regardless of what happens with Tom Brady. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that we've 
kind of run out on this thing here. I think we're on the tail end. Maybe I'm wrong. You can, every time we say that, something ridiculous happens, an undefeated season. But something about this feels differently. There are so many holes across so many places. I, 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 I don't have a lot of really bad things to say about the Patriots. I mean, that's my problem with this. I'm going to have a really hard time backing this argument up. Outside of the Dolphins were tanking, obviously openly tanking, and we're still somehow winning games. The Dolphins are a team that I didn't bring up in the risers, but you know what? I mean, the reality is the Dolphins, they are, have always been a problem for the Patriots. Every time they split, it's like the Colts and the Texans. I count on them splitting every year. One team wins one game. The other team wins the other. That's what, that's what happens with the Dolphins and the Patriots. I got to look it up if I want to be, I hope I'm right. But if I just think back in my head, they split the, they split games. So right there's a loss for the Patriots and right there's a loss for the Dolphins. That's if the Dolphins do nothing. And I think they're on Which the Which I up. think they, I mean, they're going to take a running back in the draft, I would assume. And it's going to be a showstopper. And don't be surprised when the Dolphins have, you know, top half of the league offense next year, because it could very well happen. Well, me and Tony talked about it a lot this season, because I was betting on the Dolphins every week because they were, they were just winning football games. They, they're a young team and, you know, there were a few games where it came down to the wire. I think they won a couple overtime games. It's a team who's learning how to win and they're getting good at it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I hope they don't tank for Trevor Lawrence. No, I really <laughs> hope they don't. I hope they, I wish they could trade up and get to it and set him down under Ryan Fitzpatrick for one year. Okay. Don't they have two firsts too? They got a million firsts. They oh, got yeah. so, okay. so they trade up for Tua. They still retain a first. They draft a guy like DeAndre Swift. Bam. Okay. So you have Tua and Swift, and then you have Preston Williams on one side, Devontae Parker on the other, and Mike Gusecki in the middle. Hello. Mike Gusecki's about to have a big year. We're going to talk about that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Gusecki's about to have a big year. I agree. Huge breakout candidate. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three. three.